We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores. Roto-Wire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel, who'd like to remind you to be sports rich. I'm Jake Letarski, joined today by John McKechnie. If you're out there on Twitter, please follow John at J-O-H-N-N-Y-M-C-K-E-C-H-S. That's at Johnny McKex. You can follow me at Ski 52 Quick reminder, if you happen to be listening on iTunes or Stitcher, please take a moment to click five stars, give us a nice rate and review of the podcast any and all feedback, even if you hate us, it's always appreciated. We're always looking to uh, do a little bit better for you week to week. John, we're going to talk week six running backs today, but the NFL's leading rusher through the uh, first few weeks, Ezekiel Elliott, just, uh, just, just killing it for the Cowboys and for fantasy owners alike. He's a rookie this year. I know you're really involved in the college football area of coverage at Rotowire. So who are some college candidates, college running backs, that could step in immediately to the Ezekiel Elliott shoes here, and, and maybe who's your favorite? Um, let's see. We got we got three sort of clear-cut guys right now, I'd say. Uh, we got Dalvin Cook from Florida State. He's, he's the most explosive of this trio that I'm going to get into. Uh, just unbelievably fast. Uh, you, you really... 
you you could see it uh, when he was playing Miami the other night. You he you know he catches a little screen pass and like all of a sudden he's just freaking gone. Basically, he's mm-hmm. just unbelievable. Um, health is health and durability. Bit of a concern there. Uh, Leonard Fournette, a guy that everyone kind of penciled in as the Heisman uh, this year. He's been battling this high ankle sprain. I, I don't think that uh, that'll really count against him once he gets healthy. It's just a matter of him getting healthy later on in the season. I think he'll be able to flash uh, some more good tape towards the end of his collegiate career. And then Nick Chubb, obviously my guy, a UGA fellow, uh, he he showed that he's uh, kind of back on track this past week against South Carolina. So like those are the three guys. Um, the the key, though, the thing that makes Zeke, Zeke, I mean, more so than just his talent alone, it was the, the unbelievably fortuitous landing spot. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, d- you couldn't have asked for a better place I mean, to land than behind it, that offensive line with a couple of former Badger greats on it. Of course, you know, yeah. I mean, it's a playoff it. team that just wasn't a playoff team last year because of because of injuries to to Romo and to Dez. I mean, mm-hmm. that, like that that team could could have been nine ten wins. So, uh, you know, we're gonna have to see if if one of these guys lands in, in a good spot because a lot of the times when you when you're getting drafted as high as Zeke did, you're you're on a bottom dwelling team and you mm-hmm. kind of get. Uh, what what Todd Gurley's getting dished out this year, where the team is so bad around him, there's just nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Zeke was an exception to the seemingly recent trend where they actually used a first-round pick on Zeke. Mm-hmm. Are any of those guys, whether it be Fournette, Cook, or Chubb, can you see NFL teams reaching and taking any of those guys in the first round, or could all three of them be first-rounders? I, I could see all three of them being first-rounders at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think that any of them are going to be top five, per se. I mean, it, 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 like I said, it would have to be a really just kind of perfect marriage of, of skill and need uh, and and player uh, for it to really work out that way. But I could see all these guys going anywhere from, from 10 to 25 in, the, in mm-hmm. this upcoming draft. All these guys have incredible upside. Uh, they're all juniors, so they don't they you know have plenty of tread left on the tires. Yeah, absolutely. So it's all going to depend on system and setup and what other running backs are there in the first place. Zeke walked into a place where Alfred Morris was the next best back and, I don't know, Lance Dunbar's in there. So a uh, very favorable situation here. Yep. We'll be coming at you summer of 2017 to talk all that here, but let's move oh, yeah. right into the present time where we're going to talk about week six running backs on FanDuel where you can be sports rich here. Let's start with the Thursday night game. Uh, I typically kind of avoid, I, I'll play the Monday-Thursday slate once in a while. I don't like to have my my FanDuel lineup start typically on Thursday. I prefer just the Sunday only. But are there opportunities to uh, take advantage of from the running back perspective here if you are going to watch this Thursday night game? And it seems like it's going to be a little bit better Thursday night game than what we've been accustomed to. The return of Trevor Simeon and the Denver Broncos. They head to San Diego uh, to play the Chargers here. C.J. Anderson, really rough week last week, 7,500. And then his counterpart for the Chargers, Melvin Gordon, 7,100. Is there anything you are interested in in terms of running backs in this game? Oh, I, you got to hope that C.J. Anderson kind of bounces back because he's he's gotten such like a good portion of the carries out in Denver. But at the same time, like, you know, for him to get kind of stymied, uh, you know, 3.7 yards per carry against a Falcons defense that, you know, maybe people have been sleeping on. Maybe, you know, the, this Falcons team is for real. I mean, for them to go out and beat Denver, very impressive stuff. But still, you figure that C.J. Anderson should be able to find better traction against a, a, a San Diego defense that's pretty uh, poor all the way across the board and, like, pretty pretty banged up as well. Uh, and then on the other side of the coin, I mean, Melvin Gordon, obviously you love what he's been doing in his uh, second season here. Uh, but do you, do you think that he's going to be able to find much room to run? Because, I mean, Tevin Coleman was the Falcons' back to, to really gash 
the Broncos, but that was mostly through the air. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it, as far as running was concerned, they, they averaged a pretty meager 4.1 yards per carry, a pretty average uh, 4.1 yards per carry against the Broncos this past week. Yeah, Gordon has ran into a couple of solid matchups here recently, getting Oakland, the Saints, and the Colts, and the Jaguars for the last four weeks. That's, uh, that's glorious for yes. fantasy owners here. However... He just is averaging 3.4 yards per carry on the season. So that's actually a little bit less than his debut rookie season with the Chargers. And he's also been impacted a little bit by fumbling. He's lost a fumble now in back-to-back games. Now, the Chargers said that that's not going to influence his playing status here. I think that the fact that Kenneth Farrow and Dexter McCluster are the backs behind him is mm-hmm. what's not influencing his playing status, not the fact that he's fumbling. I think Woodhead would be stepping into more of a role if he were available totally so uh, i'm really uh i mean i was in on melvin gordon a little bit the last two weeks mostly because of matchup but i'm completely fading him from a dfs perspective uh on thursday night now the other side of that cj anderson he's 7500 i actually think this represents a somewhat decent buy low opportunity and you say buy low at 7500 that might be a little bit nuts but here's the thing the chargers are giving up the second most points uh fantasy points two opposing running backs roughly 23 a game and that's not even ppr i believe so uh they're they're right up there with the saints as far as worst run defenses or i guess best run defenses if you're looking at it from a fantasy perspective exactly And, and there's that the Broncos are expected to get uh, Trevor Simeon back this week, and I think his return makes a little bit of a difference for C.J. Anderson. Now, if you look at the box score the, the last week, Devontae Booker starting to eat into Anderson's carries, uh, kind of giving him another chance after uh, that week one fumble here. I still think C.J. Anderson's the better play here, but all in all, I'm probably going to try to fade this slate a little bit. Yeah. I don't think none of those plays... C.J. Anderson's a decent play, but he doesn't jump out to me enough for me to want to play that slate. Exactly. Like I feel like last week was sort of one of the rare occasions where I, where I went in on the Thursday slate because I was pretty hyped on David Johnson, obviously. I think mm-hmm. both of us were, and that panned out pretty well uh, in pretty much any format. But this week, yeah, I feel a little bit less... Uh, less sure about both of these backs as to influencing my, my choice, you know, that'll impact the entire rest of my weekend. So yeah. probably staying away from this one. I do. I would rather have Anderson than Gordon if, if you know, I had to choose between the mm-hmm. two. Yeah, David Johnson making me a very happy season-long owner. I went 4-1 and one this week. There so hopefully carrying that momentum in uh, to the upcoming week on FanDuel here. Uh, just a quick note, though, Minnesota and Tampa Bay are on bye weeks this week. So if you're looking to try to squeeze some value out of the Asiata-McKinnon combo – or Jacquez Rogers, who had a huge game, 30 freaking carries on Monday night. Didn't he have like 10 carries on the first drive or something? Yeah, that, that first drive took about nine minutes, too. <laughs> They're just th- right into the heart of the Panthers' defense. Mm-hmm. I wasn't quite sure how to explain what I saw from the defending uh, NFC champions last night. Uh, that, I guess that's up for debate there. But uh, anyway, Tampa Bay, no Jacquez Rogers. Of course, Charles Sims on IR. No Doug Martin. All those players are going to be tossed out of consideration in the player pool here. So let's start with the top tier, John. You mentioned David Johnson. He's 9,100, but he gets a Jets defense that's pretty tough up front. On the other side, there's one other back that's priced more than 9,000. That's Le'Veon Bell, who is 9,300 at Miami. Basically, I'll, I'll keep it simple with the question here. Are you going to start or fade this top tier? Hmm. I think I think the, the price might... Uh 
the, the price for Bell might scare some people off, but I, I think that matchup is so, so solid. I, I love uh, targeting the Dolphins this year, especially with my running backs. So I think this is a situation where we maybe don't see Bell uh, with the ridiculously high ownership percentage that we're, that we're sort of used to seeing. And I think that, that this matchup certainly warrants it. Uh, as for David Johnson, probably not, not looking his way too, too much. Uh, even even if Palmer's back and all that, uh, I just think the Jets Jets uh, front seven is is too solid f- for me to really consider at ninety one hundred. Yeah, five games is enough of a sample size for me to really make a statement. Now the Green Bay Packers have had a historically good run defense through the first uh, four weeks because they did have the buy in here. Right. The Jets almost on par with them: three yards per carry to opposing backs, less than sixty nine yards per game, and have only given up one touchdown on the ground so i'm i'm gonna fade david johnson david johnson would have to be maybe 8100 for me to consider using right. him daily of course deploy him in all your season-long formats there's he has no competition for carries in arizona and the man is a stud don't forget that i mean for that reason there's maybe a tiny bit of gpp appeal but i, I really think that uh the jets defense will be able to keep him in check on the so other too. hand I think Le'Veon Bell, even at 9,300, I think he's one of the best plays of the week. I Even even at, at that price point, you got the Miami Dolphins. They're giving up. Now, some of this is game flow, granted. They're giving up 150 yards per game on the ground to opposing backs. I think a lot of this, like I said, is game flow. They're playing from behind because they are only giving up 4.2 yards per carry and have allowed three touchdowns on the ground. So that's not that's not crazy, but... And, but I, I'm just I'm going to target this matchup because I think this will turn into a shootout. The other thing is, uh, you know, D'Angelo Williams only got the one carry last week, so I think it's safe to say that this is the Le'Veon Bell show oh, moving 100%. forward. All right, so summary top tier, probably going with Le'Veon Bell in a few lineups. Going to fade David Johnson for the most part here. What about the second tier? There's three backs that check in in the 8,000 to 8,900 range here. DeMarco Murray, 8,800, home against Cleveland. LaShawn McCoy, 8,200, home against San Francisco. And the aforementioned Ezekiel Elliott, 8,100, against the Green Bay Packers. I want to start with Zeke. Green Bay has been historically good against the run over their first four games here. Some of this maybe I think is due to the fact that they face some pretty terrible opposing running backs. I mean, it was the Orleans Darkwash show on Sunday night. And it didn't work out well for me that, season long. <laughs> even before that, when they faced Adrian Peterson, Adrian Peterson was hurt uh, mm-hmm. early in the game here. So I think some of it is back matchup here. This is by far the best running back that they're facing all year in Ezekiel Elliott. Can Ezekiel Elliott be productive? I could see where he's going to get the volume necessary to to kind of get close to where he's he's worth it because you know we're going to have the Cowboys on the road here up at Lambeau rookie quarterback starting I know that Dak is seemingly like years beyond his experience uh, as far as how he's playing thus far but I think uh, a road game against against a quality opponent like Green Bay I think we're going to see. Uh, Dallas continue to, to kind of lean on the run game to key that offense. So I know that that Green Bay defense is has been extremely tough to start the year. But like you said, some of the backs they've faced have been a little bit underwhelming. You know, like you said, the Giants uh, kind of working on their second or third string option. Uh, and then the Jaguars, uh, they didn't have Chris Ivory, so they had to go with um, TJ Yeldon, Yeldon who, gross. yeah, he averaged, I think, like under two yards a carry that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a little bit of a combo of Yeldon being not explosive whatsoever and Green Bay mm-hmm. being able to sw- 
to swarm to the ball. Yeah. So I and think even not, Detroit on that point, they didn't have Amir Abdullah. It true. was down the field, Riddick, and then some sort of weird Washington center combo, and Riddick not really between the tackles, guys. So I exactly. guess long story short, Packers really haven't faced a good back this year. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, I do think that Zeke is going to have a productive game. But uh, for a hundred dollars more, I do think I like Lashawn McCoy a little bit better mm-hmm. because uh, McCoy's going to be at home. McCoy's a guy that I feel like I always uh, tend to forget about in my lineups, but uh, I I think he's just starting to make me and everyone that's ignoring him pay for it. He's he just keeps putting up numbers every single week, and you know we saw what that Niners defense is without Navarro Bowman a little bit. You know they got they got eaten up uh, by a Drew Stanton led offense, obviously. David Johnson was the big key there, but you know we're gonna have San Francisco playing all the way across the country, uh, so that you got the body clock issue. Uh, I mm-hmm. think that McCoy's gonna eat on on Sunday. I feel very confident in that. Yeah, I mean it was a they gave a heavy dose dose of McCoy here uh, in the last matchup here. I think he is a solid matchup. Ezekiel Elliott here. The I just want to go back to that real quick. He is the league leader in not only rushing yards but rushing attempts. So he's been a stud. But that being said. Sean McCoy averaged 8.3 yards per carry Sunday against the Rams, and the Rams, even though they were a little bit banged up in the front, uh, had they're generally regarded as a pretty good run yes. defense. Of course, granted, they weren't at full strength, but for anyone to average 8.3 eight, 8. a carry, that was 150 yards. He got his touchdown vultured by Mark Gillisley, but uh, you know, if it weren't for that garbage, he'd be having a big-time fan duel day, and I think he has a good chance to do that again. DeMarco Murray... Yeah, I like him against the Browns. He is the second leading rusher in the National Football League. Don't forget that. I just think eighty eight hundred, six hundred dollars more than McCoy. I think that's a. It's the Browns, and I think I know. I know what FanDuel is doing here. They want to. If they made him the same price, like in the low eight thousands, he'd be owned across the board because everybody, you know, the average fan looks. Oh, Browns, that that, that they're terrible here. Right. I'm gonna, boom, I'm going to stack them all up here. So they want to bring uh, Murray's ownership down to reasonable levels to keep everything competitive and whatnot, but. Like I a Coors see, Field bump. Yeah, essentially, yeah. He's The Coors Field bump is exactly like the Browns bump. Yep. That, that's a perfect way to ana- to, to uh, give that an analogy. I like that a lot, John, here. But but anyway, yeah, I'm going to save $600 and go to a guy like Shady. I'm right with you on this tier. All right, but in the third tier, this is where things start to get interesting because you got Todd Gurley topping things off. 7900 at Detroit. I believe this is the first time I've seen him under 8000 this season, if I can remember correctly. So, Possibly a buy low opportunity. Then, of course, you've got Lamar Miller, 7,900, home against Indianapolis. Jordan Howard, whose price is way on the rise. It's probably been one of the faster risers this season. He's 7,700 at home against Jacksonville. And then C.J. Anderson, we won't go too far into him because we just talked about him. He's 7,500 again at San Diego here. Uh, what are your thoughts on this tier? I guess we'll start with Todd Gurley here. The Lions are the only team in the league to have not allowed a rushing team touchdown do you look into that at all, or you think that's a little bit fluky? I think that that's just got to be fluky. That just seems like a like a very weird, uh, almost like musical chairs of scoring chances, and like it just hasn't happened to to land on a running back running it into the end zone at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just think that the, the Detroit defense that's giving up, let's see here, four point nine yards per carry. So that's second second worst mark in the National Football League uh, for them to have not giving up a rushing touchdown does seem like a fluke to me. Uh, Gurley, obviously one, one of the, just the most highly used running backs in, in all of football. I think he's like third in the national football league in carries. Uh, so we're seeing him, his price is down because his yards per carry has been pretty atrocious this year to, mm-hmm. if we're being completely honest. Um, but I think that uh, he's due for a breakout. I think that Detroit is due for a breakdown uh, on 
in terms of the uh, run defense. So I think that Gurley uh, is a guy I'm definitely going to be looking for mm-hmm. uh, at 7,900 in this tier. Yeah, I mean, the Lions' defense, they did bring in Haloti Nada this year. Ezekiel Ansah is a solid player here. But, you know, I don't know, DeAndre Levy, former Badger, a decent <laughs> linebacker here. You know, that's the only reason that name stands out to me, really. Sure. But, uh, but, but yeah, overall, I think they're going to eventually give up some rushing touchdowns. And, yeah, I'll, I'll play that off. I know Week 5 is a good sample size in terms of yards, yards per carry, that kind of thing. But touchdowns are always a little bit fluky here. So sure. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put that in the, a different direction. I, I'm not specifically targeting Gurley this week, I don't think, even though his price is lower. But I'm not necessarily fading him because the Lions have scored a loud zero rushing touchdowns. Yeah, that's, that's, way of putting that, it. that's, I, I, that's just not enough for me to uh, throw Gurley out of consideration. However, the fact that Lamar Miller is 7900 the exact same price, and he gets the Colts, who the Colts' defense on a whole got a bump with the return of Vontae Davis, but they've still been incredibly poor against uh, the run game and a, a back that has the ability to catch passes out of the backfield can absolutely torch Indianapolis as did Jordan Howard the next name on this list last week here so I think Lamar Miller I'm going head-to-head girly for a one-week one-off matchup I lean a little bit towards Miller am I nuts there John I'm I'm just I'm trying to figure out what happened with Miller last week because he you know he was like the market share king for like the for like the early portion of the season uh he only gets nine total touches on sunday uh alfred blue gets six so you know it's a 60 40 split in terms of the carry or you know the touches out of the backfield uh i mean do, do i think that alfred blue presents a legitimate threat to miller probably not and i think part part of the problem uh, on sunday is you know i think houston was just trying to find any sort of way to to move mm-hmm. the ball on the vikings and it was completely futile. Yeah, um, I'm going I'm to do my best to try to explain that. It is the Vikings' defense is historically good. Yeah. They're, I think they're almost as good, or they're right on par with where Denver was last season, and I mean, arguably where Denver is this season, right. despite a couple minor losses there. But the Vikings' defense is insane. Also, that game was very lopsided. Yep. You know, after the first half, you know, they were down a few touchdowns. Osweiler didn't really show anything encouraging that would make it look like they were come back. And in the Thursday, I believe it was the Thursday night game the week before, in week four, Miller kind of came off and on. He was a little bit gimpy. So I think, I think in a game that the Texans knew they were going to lose pretty handily, they didn't need a running game because they were down so much. Okay. They essentially conceded in a way and started using Alfred Blue. That's my theory. And I don't that does see... explain the 15 touches to your running backs as a team. Yeah, that, yeah that as a whole team. In line yeah. with that. So I think there's game flow. So the, so the record-setting volume took a step back. But I think it's going to take a step forward here because, if anything, he was rested late in that game. They took a safe approach. Now they can let him out of his cage against the Colts, and the right. Colts are, are one of the juiciest matchups to target, especially for pass-catching running backs. So I do like uh, Lamar Miller in that situation here. Otherwise, uh, on top of that, do you consider Jordan Howard at all at 7700 I think that price tag is getting a little bit too much for me. Uh, I was yeah. I was all over him when you could get him at a good value. But now you're paying essentially RB2 price for him. And, and, I, and yeah, he should have a good opportunity against the Jaguars. But I, I think that's a little too rich for my blood. That is really, really expensive. But, you know, at the same time, Howard got 90% of the running back touches uh, last week. So, I mean, that's that's pretty awesome. He was averaging 7.4 yards per carry. He had three grabs uh, for 45 yards and a touchdown. So, obviously, he can, he can do his damage, you know, both – uh, in the passing game and in the run game, he had several big runs. So I really like the way he played. Uh, 
but I am with you to the point where it's like seventy seven hundred. That is mm-hmm. that is a lot for a guy that that only has a you know a couple games under his belt sample size wise. Uh, and ja- Jacksonville, it's hard to know what to make of them. I think we all expected their defense to be a little bit better. They just haven't team. shown it quite yet. Yeah, so. They're uh, they're they're coming off a bye, correct? Yes, I believe okay, they so are because uh, they they played in London the week before mm-hmm. and they got the bye week afterwards. Some reason the Colts didn't choose to have the bye right, week. Right, that afterwards. probably that probably Howard, you know, tear them up even worse than he normally would have. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I am kind of in the same boat with you where I really like where Jordan Howard is right now as a rookie, but you, you just you just think that seventy seven hundred you can find a bet like a better uh, room for profit elsewhere probably. Yeah. If he was seventy two hundred like I believe he was last week. Then we could start talking, but at that price, I think I'm going to go ahead and fade here. Fantasy football fans have all the victory every Sunday. FanDuel offers fantasy football for everyday fans. New contests are starting every week to ensure there are no busted seasons. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score real time here. New this year is an upgraded experience. Get even more contest variety. You can try beginner contests for new players only. Settle a score with a friend in a head-to-head contest. Try a 50-50 contest where the top half wins cash or play in a larger tournament for even more excitement. Play for a dollar. There are choices for every budget. John, when I play on FanDuel, I'm trying to win life-changing amounts of money, so I do like those uh, big-time tournaments. I was all in on Odell Beckham this week. I think he was my most owned player. He scored that touchdown. Didn't do the best for me. Uh, but what, what about you? Were you all in on Odell Beckham, or did you have any other six senses on uh, on FanDuel this week on um, Sunday here? I had a good call on, on Sammy Coates. Uh, that that was that was probably one of my better ones, just because uh, the way his skill set sets up is is such like a nice, you know. They don't have Martavis Bryant, but they basically have like a smaller but you know almost as productive clone in, in Sammy Coates, where like his hands aren't great, but uh, he's going to burn you deep down the field. Uh, he doesn't need a ton of catches to to get a ton of yards. Uh, he's so I mean he's a guy that I'm definitely uh, if if he's still available in your league somehow get him immediately and uh, I think he's a guy that you know he's got such a nice role in that in such an explosive offense that like you Mm got to be looking in his direction uh, on a given week as long as the price is right yeah absolutely Sammy Coates the type of player that was winning owners life-changing money on FanDuel last week once again have all the fantasy football has to offer with FanDuel be sports rich John, let's continue with our running back discussion, though. I know we sidebarred for a little receiver talk, but uh, back to the running backs, looking at the 7,000 to 7,400 range. We've got Christine Michael, 7,400 versus Atlanta. Carlos Hyde, 7,300 at Buffalo. Melvin Gordon, 7,100 home against Denver. We're already hitting the fade button on that one. I think we agreed. Devontae Freeman, 7,100 at Seattle. Jamal Charles, 7,100 at Oakland. Maybe ready for full go. Who knows? Garrett Blunt, 7,000 versus Cincinnati. And Eddie Lacy, who's dealing with an ankle injury, 7,000 versus Dallas. I want to quick hit Lacy, and then we'll talk about some of our favorites from this tier here. But Lacy, dealing with that ankle injury, Packers are insisting that it is minor. Now, he was getting treatment on the sideline Sunday night. Uh, It's apparently, I was just doing a a waiver wire podcast with Eric a moment ago, and he kind of gave me an update that it's a different ankle than the one that's given him problems in years past. It's kind of a new injury, not something that's nagging and that is re-aggravating. So Lacey's probably going to play, I would say, but McCarthy hasn't confirmed that yet, head coach Mike McCarthy. So if you're 
doing this contest with the Thursday slate, you probably have to stay away from Lacey just in case something happens sure. and he's ruled out. Otherwise, you want to watch the practice report overall, uh, and then maybe there's an opportunity in his backup there. So now that Lacey's out of the way, is there anyone else from this tier that you like, or do you think we can save money by moving to the next one? I will say one one more addendum to the Lacey thing is more of the of the Dallas issue. Um, I saw some some stats shortly before we came on the pod here. Dallas hasn't allowed a hundred yard per- performer either receiving or rushing this year. Interesting. So that there's something in that, and I don't think I don't think uh, a team has only run upwards of seventy plays on them like once all season or something like that. So I mean, mm-hmm. te- teams are just kind of not overly effective and there aren't really like the gaudy individual performances against Dallas thus far this season so I think Lacey in a potentially uh limited uh role or you know not necessarily a limited role but like he might be limited physically I'd be worried about using Lacey this week to be yeah, completely honest that's just a very interesting game I think one of the best games of the week because you've very got excited. an unstoppable force in Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys offensive line meeting an immovable object in the Green Bay Packers that's front right. seven here something's going to have to give and that's going to be the matchup of the week probably to watch here yes but uh you know beyond that game anybody else from this tier uh, the, the one name I kind of want to talk about is Jamal Charles because yes. he's 7100 going against the Raiders who are giving up I believe they might be the only team giving up more than five yards of carry that was the case last week I don't know if that's the case anymore 4.9 yards per carry okay so they're right in there in terms of yards per carry allowed four touchdowns on the ground assuming Charles is good to go maybe you save him for GPPs because you won't be able to know for sure but is he a realistic play at 7100 yeah he's definitely the the guy from from this tier that jumped out to me uh I think people are people are so scared of of like what his role is going to be but I think this might be the the week where where he finally kind of shows out, and mm-hmm. I believe they're coming off a bye week, coming off a really embarrassing loss prior to that uh, on Sunday night in front of the entire country, and Pittsburgh just kind of took mm-hmm. them to the woodshed. So I think that uh, I think Andy Reid is hopefully going to change up the offensive game plan and kind of give Jamal the green light. And seventy one hundred, uh, you don't love it because of the uncertainty surrounding Charles right now, but like. It's totally worth it in a GPP scenario where he's probably not going to be super highly owned. And like if he does get the touches that we're used to seeing him get, man, he's going to just shred mm-hmm. Oakland. It's going to be great. Here's the thing that I've got with Charles. Spencer Ware was very effective in week one. He had an excellent game, seven catches for 129 yards, 70 rushing yards, one touchdown. He, he was all about that. But in the next three weeks... He lost a fumble in each and every one of those weeks. So if the coaching staff had some trust left in Spencer Ware, or if those fumbles weren't happening, I mean, this wasn't really an issue for Ware in college or last season when he saw increased workload, but it is now. And that starts to make me worry on him, if anything, to the point where I'm, I'm about ready to drop Ware in season-long leagues yeah. because it is time for Charles to take over. If Ware was still effective, then I could see more of a timeshare in an effort to preserve Charles with those three fumbles in a row makes me think that Charles should get about 25 touches coming off the bye week where he's presumably fresh. And yeah, if Charles is, if Charles is healthy, who are you paying? Yeah, uh, the yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you got to think about that for sure. So again, Charles, I think both of us right on the same page there. Real quick, 6,500 to 6,900 range. You got Jeremy Hill. He's banged up with the shoulder injury. I'm going to go ahead and fade him against the Patriots anyway. He was 6,900. Matt Forte, 6,800 at Arizona. Mark Ingram, 6,700. Carolina, TJ Yeldon, 6,700 at Chicago. Theo Riddick, 6,600 versus the Rams. Isaiah Crowell, 6,500 at Tennessee. Matt Jones, 6,500 home against the Eagles. Terrence West, 6,500 at the Giants. Ryan Matthews, 6,500 
at the Redskins. Anyone jump out here for you? Oof, this tier is uh, hmm. it's a little bit nauseating, to be honest. There's not a whole lot that it stands out to me. Um, I still like West a little bit. I, I think you know the Ravens obviously fired Mark Tressman after what he did last week where uh, – West had a ton of yards in the first half, and then the Ravens go ahead and decide to stop running the ball on the Redskins mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Uh, maybe he wanted to get fired, but either way, it happened. And I think that uh, the Ravens are going to try to gear gear their offense to exploiting matchups. I think that the Giants can definitely be gotten on the ground at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, probably- it depends on the back. Eddie Lacy had a lot more success for the Packers on Sunday night than James Starks did, for sure. example. Good. That's a really good way of looking at it. I still think you know West is the lead dog right now in that backfield. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, Forsett was released last week, picked up by the Lions this afternoon. Um, and Dixon was pretty th- underwhelming. Yeah, I mean, he had, like, what, three carries for minus one yard, mm-hmm. and, you know, Juszczyk doesn't get any carries. He just kind of gets some, like, I'm going to stand out in the flat, and when Joe panics, he's going to throw it to him um so i mean he he has the like, the market share right now in that backfield that you like so 6500 i'm i'm sort of in on that uh forte against arizona not totally sold there uh I, i'm never gonna play yeldon in, in dfs or in season long he's just not my guy um riddick that's a tough matchup going against the rams mm-hmm. uh and especially if if uh Forsett comes in and is a quick study in, in the jim caldwell offense which is totally feasible um then who know, who knows uh, how many how many touches that that siphons away from him? So this is a tier that hopefully I, I won't have to dip into too much, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah, I don't like this whole tier a lot either. I guess there's a little bit of appeal in Mark Ingram because his price is all the way down to sixty seven hundred. And I know this was the Tampa Bay game plan, and the Saints are going and Sean Payton are going to have an entirely different one to attack the Panthers with. But the sure. Panthers got the ball ran down their throat on Monday night. Yeah, essentially, did. I mean they started to pick up on it towards the end in the second half. The first half, the Bucks and Jacquez Rogers had their way with the Panthers. Yeah. The second half, the Panthers are like, okay, this is all they're going to try to do. So the yards per carry went down significantly. Uh, that being said, it, they've showed a defense, and I think Sean Payton will get a little bit more creative with uh, some of the play calling there. And Mark Ingram, coming off a of bye week, mm-hmm. will have a pretty big game. So if there's anyone I target, it's Mark Ingram. But I want to re- address a few guys in the uh, lower slates, under 6,000. Cameron Artis Payne. Only 5900 I don't think his price has had enough time to react to Monday night yet Guess not. on this slate. I would bet if you play a Sunday-only slate, excuse me, uh, Cameron Artis Payne might uh, be a little bit more, but I think you have to consider that, I guess, a little bit against the Saints, who, again, pretty poor defense oh, yeah. there. Uh, anybody else you like kind of in that five to $6,000 range? I mean, Tevin Coleman's a lot cheaper than Devontae Freeman. He's 5900 to Freeman's 7100 but to me, outside of Denver, they're almost equivalent, right? It seems to be that way, and you know, like it seems like Coleman doesn't even need so much volume. Uh, and I think last week we, we saw the volume skewed because I, I think that Coleman couldn't be out on the field for his usual complement of snaps, mm-hmm. but he was still able to put up pretty monstrous numbers. I, I just think that the Seattle defense is so real as well. So I, I'm probably probably avoiding Coleman, although that. Mm, that that price is really nice at fifty nine hundred. Uh, I do like Gio Bernard a good bit at fifty seven hundred. I'll get get into him more a little bit later, but uh, I do like the mm-hmm. I like the idea of him potentially being the lead back there. Uh, Jonathan Stewart, uh, kind of piggybacking off the Cameron Artist Payne discussion. We're gonna have to see if he plays, but yep. uh, if he does, I mean, you imagine he takes back the starting mm-hmm. role and he gets to go against you know New Orleans team in the dome. It's fast yep. track. Absolutely. If you're doing late lineup switches, which I like to do, I mean, most of my FanDuel lineups don't even get started and locked until 
the kind of 11.15, 11.45 range. Mm-hmm. I'm always looking for overlay and that kind of thing. Sure. That's another conversation to have here. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's a situation where you're going to want to watch the Carolina backfield. Artis Payne becomes a play if Stewart's out. Stewart becomes a play if Stewart's in, I guess. Yep. And they're all in consideration given the matchup here. Before we wrap up, though, John, let's start off with our chalk, chalk plays. Where are our cash game locks that we're going to see heavy ownership in all of our lineups? Uh, we'll start with you. I'm going to go with Todd Gurley. I think we're seeing his price points get to about as low as we could possibly see it. Uh, and I think that Detroit matchup, you know, it, if you if you lean only on the on that rushing touchdowns thing, then that's just, you know, that's on you. I think that that could definitely change this week. Gurley's going to get all the opportunities. There's no one in that backfield that's going to push him for for touches. Uh, so I, And he's, he's actually uh, been able to get involved in the passing game a little bit recently. He has, like, I think eight grabs for 85 yards over his last two weeks. So, I mean, that, that adds, you know, like kind of a nice cushion uh, to his rushing totals. And he's been finding the end zone uh, on the ground. So I think that all those factors come into play for me against a defense that's giving up close to five yards of carry. I think that that really works out for me. Yeah, I, I agree with you uh, big time because of the price point. It's the ultimate buy low. You're not going to see it go lower than that. Might as well get in on Todd Gurley while you can at that price. I'm not going to be as cost-effective uh, in my recommendation. I think Le'Veon Bell at 9,300. It's, it's just as chalk as it gets this week. He, <laughs> so going good. up against the Dolphins, allowing the most rushing yards per game. And as I mentioned earlier, D'Angelo only got one carry last week. So it is it is Le'Veon Bell's backfield. It is Le'Veon. It's, it, it's his time. We had, ta- we had heard reports maybe they're going to use him out of the slot a little bit and continue to run Williams because Williams was so effective in the first few weeks. But now we have – there's obviously Antonio Brown. We have Sammy Colts emerging as – a clear-cut number two receiving option. You don't need to uh, throw Bell unnecessarily into the slot. Nope. Just give him 20, 25 carries and 10 targets a game. He'll be the number one back. He has the highest floor, I would say, out of anybody Easily. on this entire slate. Receiver, running back, quarterback, anything. I think he is the highest floor. That's why the price is high, but I think that's fair enough. He's going to be in, in, in most of my lineups that I can work him in there. Amen. What about GPPs or just uh, in general? Say you want to use Le'Veon Bell and you need a running back uh, that's cheaper that you can maybe use to afford and still build a formidable rest of your lineup or just a guy that is going to be maybe a little bit less owned that uh, you think can take off in week six. Who's your guy, John? Uh, I'm going to say Gio Bernard at 5,700. Anytime that you can get a 5,700 running back that, that, does have viability and, and upside, I think you have to at least consider it. I think the the Patriots, they're a team that, you know, you, you don't necessarily like love, you know, loading your team up against them per se, but they have like a, like a pretty middling uh, rushing, rushing defense. It's not nothing great, uh, but nothing terrible either. But I, I saw the way that Hill got hurt last week. He looked to be in pretty significant pain. So I don't know if he's going to play. Uh, and if he doesn't, I mean, Bernard is definitely a guy that uh, he's, now he's going to get all the carries in addition to being a guy that, that's versatile and, and sure-handed enough to, to see a bunch of targets. So I think he could get, you know, 15 or so carries uh, and five-plus five, five plus catches. I think that equates mm-hmm. to around 100 total yards for him from scrimmage at least. So getting that from a 5,700 option I think is something that's very appealing. Yeah, I 100% agree with you, John, and I, I think Gio Bernard's going to be a lot in a lot of my lineups as well because if Jeremy Hill doesn't play, that brings his floor up so much. Oh, yeah, at 5,700. He's been so poor so far this season to the point where yeah. he's been dropped in a decent amount of leagues. Eric 
and I were doing the waiver wire podcast, it. and uh, we looked. He's still he's available in almost twenty percent of ESPN leagues. Like right. people are cutting him, cutting bait, and that's why that price is so low. But we won't see that much longer, especially if he's the guy. I'm going to go to a minimum price option though. I'm going to go ahead and jump right on James Starks. He's just forty five hundred, and that is of course very much contingent, hinging on the status of Eddie Lacy. If Eddie Lacy is even able to practice in a limited capacity this week scratch this play I don't think you go with Starks however if Lacey misses a practice or two and it's time to set those lineups and he maybe if he's inactive or if they if he's going to be limited in any way I think James Starks is the man the Packers want to run the ball in any way possible I think that's a huge thing for the Green Bay Packers they started off with a it was a drive that was it almost lasted nine minutes for Aaron Rodgers and a good reason for that was because Lacey was running the ball consistently they're going to make sure they continue to run the ball, which means at least 20 to 25 touches for Starks in the absence of Lacey. I know Starks is going to be on the wrong side of 30 here, so I don't know how much long-term upside, but if he's a minimum price at 20 to 25 touches, that's good enough for me in a oh, GPP. Man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right there for you. Well, before we sign off, we have a special offer for new FanDuel users. Get a free six-month subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. That's a six-month subscription to Rotowire with a $10 FanDuel deposit here. Just go to FanDuel.com slash RW to take care of that. Not only will you get the free subscription to Rotowire, but you'll have that 10 bucks to play with and make grow on FanDuel. Duel, giving you over $40 in value for just 10 bucks. Once again, that's fanduel.com slash RW. If you're already a FanDuel user and you still want to check out the website, be sure to go to rotowire.com slash pod. That's rotowire.com slash pod. We'll get you a 10 day trial, no strings attached there. Once again, I'm Jake Latarski. You can find me on Twitter at jakeski52. And I'm John McKechnie. You can find me on Twitter at Johnny McEx. The Rotowire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast will return on Wednesday. They're going to kill the love of my life if I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13.